Ahoy hoy, welcome in. I'm Tyrell McLaughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at TNFF Tyrell. Follow the podcast at True North FFB and follow the man behind the curtain at TCL14. So this is the Rookie Sleeper Series. This one could definitely be considered more of a deep sleeper rookie series here because I'm going to do Salvin Ahmed and I'm going to do him as quick as I possibly can because unlike some of the other players I'm going to hit, he has much less fanfare. So Salvin Ahmed, he's a kind of a satellite back out of Washington. He's 5'11", under 200 pounds, 197 pounds, 5th percentile BMI. And with all that in mind, it's really hard to argue for Ahmed because of his size, because of his 40 time. And it's interesting because he was supposed to run a 4-3, reportedly ran 4-3s coming out of high school, but he just absolutely bombed the 40 at the combine, ran a 4-6-2 at under 200 pounds. And even his broad jump and vertical were 62nd and 53rd percentile, respectively. It was really just amazing because it is just the opposite of how he should have tested out. Ahmed was right there with the Bellamy's, the Darrington Evans of the classes, pre-combine when we were talking about running backs who should run in the low 4-4s. So right off the top, we should say Ahmed, he should probably be a UDFA. If he's lucky, the league views him as a satellite back in the NFL. Hopefully they still do after his 40 time. And it's kind of unfortunate because he didn't have to declare like he is an early declare, which I would never knock anybody for because of the human element people don't seem to grasp. But nevertheless, you always point that out for a player who, who probably doesn't get drafted. So the overall production for Ahmed, it won't wow. Just over 400 touches, 2,347 yards from scrimmage, 21 touchdowns, 5.8 yards per touch. On the ground, just over 350 carries, just over 2,000 yards rushing as a Husky, and all 21 of his touchdowns in college came on the ground, 5.7 yards per carry. So really not much juice to squeeze on the production profile front. But when we look deeper, I mean, Salvin Ahmed, he was one of those profiles who appealed at first, like the production he finally put on display in his final season, it enticed, but only because we expected an above average athlete to say the least while we were observing him during the 2019 season. Because honestly, now when you look at his lack of age adjusted production, it just ends up being a plain old red flag. Like it changes from look what he did in his final season to look at how little he accomplished leading up until 2019. So in Ahmed's first two seasons at Washington, he combined for 199 touches, 1,243 yards from scrimmage. And then in 2019, he saw 204 touches, turning those into just over 1,100 yards from scrimmage, 11 rushing touchdowns. So it is encouraging that he was able to put up more production in his final season at Washington than he was able to in the previous two seasons combined. But then when we look at his size, add in his athletic profile, it's easier to just say he's a one-hit wonder and move on, to be honest. But, you know, in his final season, Ahmed had more carries than he had in his college career combined, and those 11 touchdowns topped his total of 10 touchdowns in his college career heading into 2019. But the reason I downplay it, the reason I chose my words so carefully, saying he put up more production as opposed to improved, that would be because his final season was actually his least efficient season by far. So 2019, it was his first year with over 125 touches. It also marked the first time we saw Salvin Ahmed under 6 yards per touch. Also the first time under 5.5 yards per carry. And so if you look back as Ahmed went from 74 touches to 125 touches to just over 200 in his final season, his yards per carry went from 6.4 to 5.8 down to 5.4 yards per carry in his final season. Really underwhelming. And very similar trends with his yards per touch. Dropped all three seasons. So in his final season as a Husky, we saw him have the volume, even the production. I don't want to take that away from him. Over 1,000 yards rushing on less than 200 carries, it should never be scoffed at. 
and nor should his role in that Huskies offense really. He had 33% of the team's touches in 2019. And then we could also address that it really wasn't a great spot for a running back. His 5.4 yards per carry, it's easy to pick on since it's exactly a full yard less than his freshman season. And the fact that we hadn't seen him handle any semblance of volume really up until that point. But I bring it up because Ahmed did make some of that happen on his own, if not most of it. His yards after contact was more impressive than his colleagues like Darrington Evans and Anthony McFarlane. So 3.5 of his 5.4 yards per carry came after contact in 2019. However, where it gets a little hairy is he seemed to compile a lot of his yards after contact on just a few plays. Because on PFF, he actually had one of the worst elusive ratings in the whole class, just 57.8 in his final season. And I may have rushed to compare Salvin Ahmed to some of his counterparts, meaning those smaller backs who win on speed and they're definitely not out there breaking tackles or anything. But what that should be synonymous with is big plays, of course, but where Salvin Ahmed just doesn't stack up to those other guys like the Anthony McFarlands and stuff is those big plays. And that's the reason we love Anthony McFarland or even a Raymond Calais. It's because of their explosive run rates, like the percent of their carries that go for 10 plus yards or 20 plus yards. And really, the explosive run rates for Salvin Ahmed are atrocious given the kind of player he is. In his college career, he had just 52 carries of 10-plus yards on over 350 carries. So that's under 15% of his carries, and I think it ranks outside the top 20 in this running back class. And I didn't mention Darrington Evans above. That's because his explosive run rate is actually pretty ugly. However, he makes up for that by having an exquisite 20-plus percent run rate. (laughs) And if you look at their careers, Evans has almost twice as many carries of 20-plus yards. So if we're looking at that stat, Salvin Ahmed, he broke off a run of 20-plus yards on just 4.5% of his carries in college. And that doesn't even rank inside the top 15 in this running back class either. He actually has the same amount of 20-plus carries as Javon Leak, who has 145 carries in his college football career, playing behind Anthony McFarlane. And there's something that gets lost on a lot of prospect evaluations when you're, especially when you're looking at these smaller guys that you want to compare to one another and try and find who's going to hit out of the group. So something we should really point to with Salvin Ahmed as a warning would be the red zone usage. Because 68 of his 353 carries came inside the opponent's 20 yard line. That's almost 20% of his carries. And that's the sixth highest rate in the class. Like he had a higher percent of his carries come inside the red zone than players like, you know, A.J. Dillon, Zach Moss, and his counterparts like Darianton Evans, who among the small guys is really high up there in red zone usage. And while Salvin Ahmed sits around 20% of his carries in the red zone at Washington, you see Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor below 15%. And then expectedly, we see the home run hitters near the basement like Raymond Calais and Anthony McFarlane at 13% or lower. So there might not be anything in Ahmed's profile that we can say with more confidence will not translate. Although I have tried to make a point of tipping my cap to him when possible, and he did score in almost 25% of his red zone carries, and that is really impressive. It's actually top 10 in this class. And I use that, you know, to serve as part of my arguments for somebody like a DeAndre Swift or Keyshawn Vaughn, even a Patrick Taylor right in sleepers. But there's just no way we can project a single red zone carry for for Savin Ackman. And that just kind of goes back to his size. I actually didn't even mention off the top, but his failure to launch at the combine, it was compounded by his weight, right? We saw Darrington Evans and Anthony McFarlane. Those dudes packed on the pass so they got over 200 pounds. Uh, Meanwhile, Ahmed pulled the double lose there, weighing in under 200 pounds. And it's really, it's just amazing to see Salvin Ahmed with the fourth worst speed score in this running back class. Just shocking, really, to see an 86.5. So I I guess I've all but eliminated Salvin Ahmed from contention, eh? I think if there's any silver lining, if Salvin Ahmed could weave his way onto a roster, he could have pass-catching upside. I really believe that. But if you look at Salvin Ahmed, he has such a weirdo receiving line in college, though. So he has 50 catches on the money on the resume, but just 331 receiving yards, no touchdowns through the air. So let's take a look here. 
In 2017, as a freshman, he got 13 to 16 targets, but he had under 6 yards per catch. And I'm actually going to skip 2018 for a second just to improve dramatics here. But in 2019, during his quote best season, he caught 16 of his 23 targets, career high in targets, not a career high in catches. And he had just 84 receiving yards on his 16 catches. And you know what? I promised I would never say this, but guys, I could do that. (laughs) But for real, his 5.3 yards per reception was worse than his yards per carry in 2019. His yards per carry, that was of course worse than his yards per carry in each of the seasons before, right? Alright, so what a gas there. But this is where I want to bring it all home full circle. Because I don't really consider Slavin Ahmed a one-hit wonder. Or at least I didn't leading up to the Combine. And that's because of what we saw from him in the passing game as a sophomore. In 2018, Salvin Ahmed caught every target thrown his way, 21 catches on 21 targets. And what I really like about this season is we get a feel when we dig deeper as to the average depth of targets he saw. Because even in this season, his 8.1 yards per reception, it won't make you perk your ears up. Although it is at least a figure you can look at while drinking a beverage opposed to 2017 and 2019 where you do a spit take looking at his, his yards per reception digis. But Salvin Ahmed got 120% of his yards per reception after the catch in 2018. And no, yes, I meant to say that. He averaged over 10 yards after the catch per reception in 2018. So in an odd way, it makes his 170 yards receiving that year quite the feat. I just found that really interesting because we had some fun combining his yards from 2017 and 2018 from scrimmage, trumping them with Ahmed's 2019 season in general. And when we look at his receiving work, there's similar comparisons to make, but the 2018 receiving work would be the benchmark in which we're combining the other two seasons to contend with. Because in his sophomore season, he had 42% of his catches, over 50% of his receiving yards in his college career came that season. And Ackman had just six catches of 15 plus yards in his whole career, which is very ugly to see, by the way. But five of those came on his 21 catches in 2018. So just w- wild stuff since that was just a shit season from a distance. And I really think that at the NFL level, pass catching is his only route to, to any fantasy relevance. Because really, I'm not talking a lot about his rushing production because, yeah, as strange as it sounds, I do think most of what we saw from him at Washington can kind of go out the window. Like, I could tell you that he had four games over 100 yards rushing last year, but then I'd have to say that three of those games he had over 21 or more carries. So, you know, he'll never see 20 carries in an NFL game. So really, with Salvin Ahmed, it's just going to come down to if he can ever get his foot in the door, if he can get a role in the passing game. And just another feather in his cap, just three drops in the passing game in his whole career at Washington on 54 catchable targets, according to PFF. But then the concern, though, is how hard we have to think trying to separate how poor his targets were, dump-offs and screens and all that. But then you have his yards per reception, just brutal efficiency in two of three seasons in that facet of the game. And I mentioned just six catches of 15-plus yards. And so even though Ahmed had 50 catches in his college career, only one of them went for 25-plus yards, 2%. So his explosive passing play percentages will never enter our argument either for Salvin Ahmed. And then even when you look at his tape because of the system he played in and because of the role he played, it's very hard to get a grasp on what his upside might be at the next level in the pass-catching arena. If you wanted to, you definitely have to go back to 2018. That's what I did when I wanted to watch some of his pass-catching. There was one really nice play on a play-action wheel route versus North Dakota. And it was such a great play, though, because it was just a complicated route. You know, like a play-action wheel route's not the easiest route. 
And the route he runs, it isn't great. He whips his head around early for no reason. And the combination of him looking over his left shoulder way too early, then looking over his right shoulder just after. Then the throw is way off, way behind him, causing him to go back over his left shoulder. So it's a really fun play with tons of nuance piled into it because he does adjust to the ball really nice. But you're like, is that his catch radius? And, is, you know, was that his fault how he kind of went about the, the sloppy route running? And another one you'd like to see was a screen pass versus UCLA. It was a really good example of how Ahmed just, he just caught a design screen and turned right upfield with that speed that looks 4-4 to me. Holy, like how he ran so slow. Same with his burst. It, it definitely shows up better on tape. I'll give him that. But overall, there is way too many drawbacks in his running game and not worth the time to go through it all. But lots of it's obvious stuff, especially him wanting to get to the outside, wants to make that big play happen on every down. And while it stops and starts and, you know, his, his hesitations, they're kind of tantalizing. He definitely has a hard time getting that jump back, even if he succeeds making that first guy miss in the backfield or wherever. Another defender just always seems to be there by that point. And more often than not, it, he, it, it comes across like him hesitating to go where the run is designed to go. And if Ahmed's looking for wide open lanes at the college football level, he's going to be in for a rude awakening at the NFL level. So I know I plan to do these sleeper episodes, so they're very much useful once these players may be drafted. But I think it's safe to say that we don't think he'll be drafted. If he does, it should be by the Texans or the 49ers, or he'll probably be brought in as a UDFA. But those are the two teams who've shown interest in Salvin Ahmed. We obviously hope the 49ers who have met with him virtually. But that zone scheme, there's ambiguity that could pop up in that backfield. No solidified pass catcher in San Francisco. A terrific offensive line blocking schemes. A top edge setting tight end in the business on the team. So if Ahmed has any fantasy relevance, it'll be because San Francisco brings him in as a UDFA just to call my shot. So that's it. Thanks so much. Uh, at TNFF on Twitter, at TrueNorthFFB, at TCO14. And make sure you check out another rookie on the feed. There's even some old ones you can go back and see see how they treat because I recorded them even before the combine for the big dogs. And for Salvin Ahmed, Godspeed, little buddy.